Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Waking Up to Being, a Fairy Tale, written by Yana Spasova. A droll adult fairy tale about self-discovery and more. Waking Up to Being is a fairy tale about self-discovery and getting to the core of our being. It is a dreamlike story that combines magical realism with folklore, mysticism, mythology, Eastern spirituality, humor, and childish naivete. A life-changing event has brought Yana back to the archaic primordial essence of her being. This mental retreat has dulled Yana's former understanding of the world, and now she has to relearn everything from the very beginning. The world appears to her as simultaneously familiar Yana's feminine grown-up nature, yet also fresh, bizarre, ironic, and often completely illogical, Yana's new childlike back-to-the-core nature. The path of her rediscovery follows an evolution-like logic. It starts at the plant kingdom, goes through the animal kingdom, then to the world of the half-humans, the world of the humans, and ends in the world of the gods. While passing through these worlds and adapting to their oddness, Yana experiences a range of peculiar occurrences such as entering and exiting time, realizing the inner and outer poisons, identifying the purpose and finding the path. On this journey of rediscovering the world, Yana will also meet the person who will ultimately lead her to the deepest part of herself and help her grasp the most sacred truth about her existence. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Waking Up to Being. To my fellow acquaintances, the living. Part 1. The Vertical. The Folding of Spirit. This story begins with a rainbow. However, this was no ordinary rainbow. Today I even wonder if my memories are not an illusion, whether what I saw was really a rainbow or if it was something beyond my earthly, routine understanding. A celestial eyelid? A cosmic smile? Rainbows usually last for about ten minutes, then liquefy and melt back into the sky. This rainbow remained for nearly four hours. It was bright and vivid, with a distinct, palpable presence. From time to time it would fall apart into two smaller arcs, then merge back again into a large semicircle of colors. Yet however it morphed, it refused to disappear. I was completely stunned by this heavenly sorcery. Was it real? Was it merely in my mind, or was it really up there in the sky? I remember thinking, I don't know you, but I know that I very much want to know you. The next day I found out I was with child. Realizing that new life is developing inside oneself often goes hand in hand with the promise of spiritual growth. For many women, there is a notion that they will experience elevated consciousness and float among ethereal mists of wisdom and bliss. For me, it was nothing like that. Not only did my inner path not elevate me, it made a sharp curve and brought me downward, inward and deep into the instinctual core of my being. Among raw impulses and primitive sensations, I couldn't float. When my child was ready to meet me, he would be a perfect primordial being of nature. If I was up there, in this promised ethereal bliss, how could I find him? How could I understand his needs? How could I protect him? No, 
what I had to do was not to expand spiritually upward, be blissful, float. What I had to do was to fold my spirit inward, return to the archaic core of my mind, and become a primordial being myself. It was the only way I could connect with the being to whom I was going to give birth. Chaos In the early months of my pregnancy, there was only chaos. Nothing in my physiology was visibly different, but I could feel every cell in my body transforming into something foreign and strange. I didn't want to eat. Food tasted like poison and had the effect of poison. I didn't want to drink. Water made me feel like I was drowning. There was no comfort or rest for me in anything. There was only brutal sickness. My mind became violently distressed as well. At one moment, I'd be feeling lethargic and indifferent with no regard for my life or my future. At another, I'd be feeling overwhelmed with fear, anger, or sadness for my life and my future. Everything felt chaotic and unpredictable. I was confused on all levels of existence. Where am I? Who am I? What am I becoming? Who's coming? More chaos. Looking back, I think I now understand the purpose of this physical and mental turbulence. Up until this point, my evolutionary path had been moving in one direction only, upward. Throughout my life, both consciously and instinctively, I climbed the ladder of my mind, constantly reaching for higher and finer states. Now the direction of my path had to change. I couldn't go up anymore. I had to go down. Instead of going irresistibly toward whatever was enlightened and illuminated, I now had to return to the dark states of the primitive. My inner drive for growth had always accelerated my spiritual evolution upward, and I now understand that I would never have agreed to change direction voluntarily. Someone or something had to do it for me. I needed chaos to convert my route. I needed chaos to start folding my spirit. After three long months, during which my sense of reality was in continuous disarray, chaos finally left me. The course of my path was turned around. I was at the highest state achieved by my mind, looking inward, looking down at the core of my being. What followed was an internal descent which led me to that core. While descending, I went through six mind stages. The Higher Mind Stage The first stage, which occurred around the fourth month of my pregnancy, felt the most blissful. I experienced my body as an invisible string of energy that was merging with the flow of the universe and breathing its emptiness. All phenomena were clearly present but felt like a breeze, without outlines or solidity. My whole being was a transparent projection of my mind. My mind felt as sharp as a mountain peak and as soft as the river flowing down that peak. All living beings were timeless pure awareness, and the world echoed with the blissful sound one hears in that magical twilight space between being awake and falling asleep. These sensations were not entirely foreign to me. They were feelings of great joy that I had experienced before, but only for short periods of time. When I was gazing up at the nighttime stars, listening to the silence of snowfall, or diving under the tumbling ocean waves. All those moments, however, had only been brief and disconnected. Now they were constant and continuous. I experienced myself as being free. The Material Mind Stage In the next stage of my descent, the sensation of the transparency of all phenomena began to condense, and the world slowly began to take shape. Objects were appearing one by one, 
and all the spaces around me began to populate with matter and substance. Things were now solid and opaque. They had their own purpose, direction, and trajectory. Material existence arose with all its complexity. I also became complex. Just like the objects, thoughts, and feelings arose, but they were still only passengers en route. Even though I experienced them as real, I was aware that they were only streams of conditions. Since phenomena were beginning to appear, they were also capable of disappearing. In that way, time emerged. It began to measure the lifespan of the objects, the duration of the thoughts, the longevity of the feelings, continuing with its purpose to define and measure. Time divided the world into day and night. Duality emerged. The Dual Mind Stage In the next stage of my internal descent, the newly emerged duality pulled the universe into two contrary directions and divided life into opposites. There were black and white, good and bad, beautiful and ugly, as well as countless other categories, which expressed reality with deep precision, enabling phenomena to be clearly understood. Each phenomenon now had shape and color, which gave it a complicated and distinctive character. Each object had a three-dimensional appearance and a predetermined location in space. Each object had substance, weight, and stability. It was singular and unique, which made it desirable. Attachment emerged. The simple oppositions of the universe contracted back and interacted, creating countless shades. From the shades emerged the shadows. As a silent agreement between the day and the night, the shadows began to divide phenomena against themselves. I too had a shadow. Therefore, I was also divided against myself. Constantly accompanied by the presence of my shadow, I was never alone anymore. It held the dark and the unknown, my worries and my doubts. Fear emerged. Attachment and fear inspired me to develop and learn. Duality came to the rescue by turning into white paper with black letters. Knowledge emerged. The creative mind stage. Knowledge provoked me to recreate and rearrange my worlds. I moved colors and shadows looking for new meanings and realities. I learned how to look at phenomena from different angles and how to understand the universe from the perspective of the detail. I would draw a reality, stay with it for a while, observe it, then destroy it again, and start painting another. Nothing created could remain. It had to be destroyed and recreated. Only then, by me searching and creating, would the many facades of people and objects reveal new and discovered parts of themselves. Only then, by viewing them freshly from different angles, would I truly be able to get to know them. Only if I was constantly creative would I be able to navigate through this new and confusingly colorful world. The Emotional Mind Stage In the next stage of my internal descent, creativity turned into emotions, thousands of them. Predominantly intense, they seemed to emerge from space and come at me with predatory fury. My heart pounded helplessly as I tried to digest this new cocktail of fire and poison. I was a lonely boat in the middle of the sea, rocked by sudden powerful storms, my emotions. The turmoil of the waves and the violence of the winds were consuming all my strength and leaving me empty. They came unwanted and without warning, and left so abruptly and disrespectfully as if they had suddenly lost interest in me. Sometimes I could concentrate and order them to leave. They would attack me aggressively, then obey, 
but the battle so fierce and unequal left me breathless and unwilling to face them again. I felt that the more I tried to understand the significance of these strange and brutal invaders, the more I was attacked and defeated by them. My exhaustion gave them energy and my fear gave them life. I decided not to resist them anymore. I decided not to resist anything. I was slowly letting nature absorb me. I was in the eighth month of my pregnancy. The instinctive mind stage. The emotions disintegrated into instincts, raw and primitive, they led me through life the way a blind man is led by a guide dog. My senses began to change. My vision diminished, but my hearing and sense of smell increased. I was becoming a raw being of nature. The quality of my communication with the surrounding world also changed. I perceived everything the way an animal does when just peeking out from a den. I could hear the predatory scream of birds and sense the hidden presence of rodents. I could feel the whales migrating south and the vivacity of all ocean life. One night I saw an owl that had flown in from the mountains and was standing on the rooftop of the building opposite my house. It was big, imposing, and powerful. We stared at each other for a long time, trying to understand each other. There was no tension, aggressiveness, or fear between us. We were just two predators sharing the same territory. I sensed its desires, and I felt that it could sense mine. I knew it was on a hunt for endurance. It knew I was carrying a child. In our silent, prolonged gaze, there was mutual respect. In the place of feelings and thoughts, there were now only instincts. They determined my every move, protected my life, and were my connection with the living. Although spirituality was impossible at this basic level of existence, the connection with the higher mind occurred precisely through these primitive, instinctual impulses. Only once I had come back down to this level of mind could I relearn how to recognize them and follow their code. Now I knew how to reach the core of my being, how to rescue myself from hunger, cold, confusion, and despair. All I had to do was to shut my senses and follow my instincts' inner guidance. I was ready to meet my child. Instincts fell apart and gave way to the one last thing I had to experience. Pain. With each passing minute, its increasing animalistic intensity pushed my child closer and closer into my arms. Strong and accelerating pain was a completely new yet somehow familiar experience, which gradually but ineluctably settled in me. I watched it develop further everywhere around me, in the eyes of all beings and in the darkness of every corner like a hidden presence, uninvited yet at the same time naturally belonging there. I began to realize that the more I resisted it, the hungrier it became, and the more terrified of it I was, the more able it was to dominate me. So instead of running from the pain, I decided to work closely with it. I made its acquaintance, invited its constancy, and welcomed it as my faithful companion. In response, my new friend Pain handed my newborn child right into my arms, painted two tears under my eyes, and began making me resilient. At each mental stage down the vertical descent, life felt purposeful and connected, as if there was an unspoken hidden agreement between phenomena. Each level was a new image of the same story, a different sketch of the same picture. Each stage was connected with another or with all together, revealing a unique and vital part of the whole. Each stage had to be passed through and experienced. Life with its highest wisdom prepared me to meet, love, and take care of life. I have my child now. 
During birth, chaos visited me once again to reorient the direction of my path. I now stand at the lowest point of my mind looking up, holding my child. Together we would learn how to use our instincts and tame our emotions. We would learn how to be colorful and creative. We would learn how to be afraid and how to desire, how to think and how to feel. We would craft, destroy, gather, scatter, search, discover, until we finally dissolve time and space and become pure, timeless awareness. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Waking Up to Being. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.